Hello and welcome to the Chronic Living Podcast, your need-to-know source for living with a chronic illness or disability. I'm your host, Alex Pappas, and I'll be sharing my experiences living with a chronic illness, as well as inviting others on to share their stories. So join me in shining a light on the world that is chronic living. Alright guys, today we are going to tackle the topic of medical debt. I know a fun topic and a topic that probably stresses a lot of people out, especially if you are new to the chronic living lifestyle. So let's just dive right into it. Um, So for those of you that have been in this lifestyle for a while, and those of you who are new to lifestyle are probably quickly going to learn that having a chronic illness tends to get expensive, even with really good insurance. So I kind of want to talk about some of the things to look out for, some of the things you should take the time to learn, um, and some of the things that just generally help. Now, when it comes to chronic illnesses, disabilities, there's a couple things that are going to cause a lot of cost. Your doctor's visits, all the different specialists you might have to see, um, your primary doctor to get the referrals, and then specific tests at said doctor's. On top of that, now we have medications that you have to get on a regular basis, whether it's something that's being administered at a doctor's office or a hospital, or if it's just something that you go and pick up at a pharmacy. They do add up over time. Um, And then, I'm trying to think what else I get on a regular basis, Um, the copay and cost that comes along with your insurance, if you do have insurance, for those of you in the United States. Now couple things to kind of break down and figure out, or not figure out, go over. Starting with insurance, because being someone that's had a chronic illness for 10 years, I'm still figuring out insurance, all the ins and outs on the back end of it. I mean, I have my own insurance through my employer, and it can still be complicated. It can still not make sense, and it's really important to kind of learn and track. Now, thankfully, I've recently talked to my insurance and ran into this really nice lady that worked in the claims department that kind of explained things and broke it down for my insurance plan that made a lot more sense to me versus just, hey, claim was declined or not declined, and here's how it qualifies into it. For those of us that have chronic illnesses, having, I'm not, I guess I have a relationship with your insurance provider because most of them are such big companies if it's a small enough of a company you can have a relationship absolutely and you have a regular person you can go to a 100% do that Um, but when I say have a relationship with your insurance company that provides your insurance talk to somebody call a couple times if you have to but find somebody on the other end that works for the claims department that works with the insurance company that's super helpful. You know, this one lady I was following up on a claim trying to figure out why I got denied and hasn't gotten denied in the past. And she followed up after she did a bunch of research and she was really nice. Didn't give me the answer I necessarily wanted, but she was very informative and very nice about it in the process and kind of filled me in on certain things to look at, certain things to question my doctor's office with, certain things to talk to my doctor's office about. So if you can, take the time to call and talk to your insurance provider and talk to somebody in the claims department. Now, if you get somebody on the phone that's not helpful, hang up, call back. Just just hang up the phone, tell them that you got the information you needed, or you called the wrong department, wrong number, and just call back. Call back until you get someone who you can tell on the phone's, you know, trying to be really helpful, 
being really nice, has a really good energy. Um, when you when you call a one eight hundred number or a hotline, you you can tell who cares, who's having a really good day, who has that really good energy, and you can tell who just hates their job. Don't talk to somebody that hates their job. They're going to give you the bare minimum answers. Wait for that nice lady or nice guy that just loves what they're doing, trying to help you out, trying to get you all the information, and ask them a bunch of questions. Ask them how certain things work. Ask them if there's any extra programs that they have that could help with it. Ask them if your insurance company provides any incentives or discounts on health programs, health fitness, things that aren't just normal doctor's visits. Ask a bunch of questions. And ask like, hey, you know, okay, well, if that doesn't cover that kind of thing, what other things does my insurance cover? What other kind of benefits do I have? Because for a lot of us, if it's insurance through our um, employer, I don't know exactly how all employers are. But for the most part, they just kind of give you your options and all the information on them and tell you you got to go look at it and figure it out yourself because they're not supposed to tell you which plan to pick and they can't advise you on which one's best for you because you have to make that decision so once you pick a provider for your insurance call them up ask them questions all they are you know th their job is to help you with claims help you with things so calling them up you can actually get solid answers from them from a person versus having to read a book and information on what things you know break down into and just ask a bunch of questions once you have a fundamental understanding you can kind of go into things ahead of time and that kind of moves into the kind of relationship you need to have with your doctor's office. Now, this is something I'm kind of putting into place more recently um, just because I've gotten some surprise bills. Nothing nothing major. It's just kind of when you get a random bill out of nowhere that you weren't expecting. It's just a little bit of a shock. Um having a conversation with your doctor's office is because if you have a regular doctor regular specialist that you go to for your illness or disability you need to have a conversation with them um your doctor's going to be the one ordering all the tests they're going to be prescribing any sort of medications they're going to be the ones that are setting things up that are going to get submitted to your insurance company now a conversation i just had with my doctor was they need to get pre-approvals on anything they send out and the reason i had to do that is i'm on remicade remicade if you ever have it and you kind of have some symptoms or you know you might be upping your dosage you can develop what's called antibodies to the remicade from being on it for a certain amount of time from missing you know your infusion frequency to going too long in between infusions you can build up antibodies and essentially your body can have an allergic reaction to the Remicade, or you can start flaring up in response to getting the Remicade. Now, the reason I'm using this as an example is from my understanding, there are very, very few labs in the United States that can test for antibodies. In my case, the lab that it was sent to is out of network. So that means my insurance company does not cover it. They don't pay for any of it lab itself bills me now the reason i'm putting in place that my doctor's office or whoever they're sending it to is going to have to get a pre-approval before they're allowed to do it is because with the pre-approval they can go out they can ask my insurance company then try to justify it ahead of time 
and get the approval for it. And if not, then my doctor's office can check and say, hey, are there any of the labs that might fall into that network that's covered so I don't get random bills out of the middle of nowhere? And at this point, it's more an annoyance to me. Um, you know, the bill wasn't very expensive for the labs. However, for someone that's newer to the disease, for someone that's out of work because their, you know, chronic illness or disability is that bad, a small bill of say 100 to 200 dollars for lab work or for a test that you thought was going to be included because you go to your doctor's office that's in network that can be a big financial expense um, especially if you already have hundreds of other dollars going to medications going to doctor's visits going to other tests that you already know about and last thing you need to get is something that's unexpected so have that kind of conversation with any doctor's office that you go to on a regular basis Kind of talk to them and say, hey, if this is a test that you know is out of network, call for a pre-approval. If you're sending it out, let the lab know, hey, you guys need to call for a pre-approval before you run the test. And kind of start with that. One, it sets the expectation up with your doctor's office that, hey, we need to have open communication around the financial aspects of this you know, illness or disability and the tests that are associated with it. Two, it gives you a buffer so you can decide on tests that are either part of it or, you know, are covered or not. And if that cost is worth it to you, or at least plan ahead of time, hey, I'm going to have this extra cost next month because of this test. Um, because some of them, I mean, they just kind of pop up. I mean, I had to do a bone density test, and I think it was like $400 for me. I was not expecting it to be that expensive, just kind of randomly popping up. Um after already paying the specialist and the specialist being in network, I didn't realize the bone density test was not covered. So things like that. Um, making sure things like that are covered, making sure your doctor's office is communicating if it's not covered. And if it's not covered, giving you a call and saying, hey, this is out of network. It's not covered. There's nobody else that does it. Here's how much it costs. Do you want to do this test? Do you want to do this procedure? Whatever it may be. And if it's something that is not covered through that provider, talking to your doctor's office about other providers, or even calling your insurance and saying, hey, I need to do this specific test, what provider that's in network covers this test so I'm not paying as much for it? Which, when you have a chronic illness, I've had colitis for 10 years now, even if it's like 50 bucks a month, that adds up over time. That adds up a lot. And that's if it's only $50. Some of these tests that, you know, you need to have on a regular basis, they could be a couple hundred dollars a test, and over 10 years, that gets expensive. So having that conversation with your doctor, super important. Having that, setting that expectation, super important. As weird as it sounds, we have a relationship with our doctor's office, with our doctors, with the nurses, and with every good relationship, has to be communication. Whether it's, you know, business relationship, in this case, a healthcare relationship, a relationship with your healthcare provider, you have to have that communication of what's going on. This goes financially. Now, another thing that's important in part of this communication thing, a lot of people aren't aware of the differences between pre-approval required versus non-pre-approval required Um medications or procedures, anything that you kind of have done, 
Now, the reason I bring this up is I am on Remicade, like I said. And Remicade you normally get every eight weeks at a normal dosage. I get it every six weeks just because it responds a little bit better with how severe my colitis is. And the reason I bring Remicade up is Remicade is a pre-approval required medication. That means if you take Remicade and you get a Remicade infusion without it being pre-approved by your insurance, even if you have medical insurance and medical coverage, you may have to pay for that out of pocket. And the reason this is important is Remicade, at least my infusion, my area, with the administration through my doctor's office is about $8,000. And that's because I go through a doctor's office. For those of you that get it done at a hospital, I've seen and heard it being upwards of $20,000 from some people in the various colitis and Crohn's group. That is a very expensive procedure to have done at minimum every eight weeks, $20,000. So the last thing you want to do is have an infusion, one or two of those, thinking you're covered without a pre-approval and have to pay out of pocket that $20,000-ish plus dollars depending on the cost of your infusion. So having that open communication with your doctor's office is super important. Now, from my understanding and from looking at the CDC's website, colitis tends to have a more expensive out-of-pocket than certain um, diseases, and depending on the medication that you're on. And Remicade is one of those more expensive medications. But this applies to everything. Um, and this applies to every sort of illness, every sort of disability. Anytime medications come into play, anytime regular testing comes into play, Make sure you know how your insurance works. Make sure your doctor's office knows how your insurance works. And make sure that if it's not covered, your doctor's office knows not to run the tests or at least to get your approval beforehand. And depending on what it is and the severity of it, you can decide and talk to your doctor about the importance of it and kind of go from there. I say this because I've definitely had tests that I've had to pay for in the past that probably didn't need to get run and you know, waiting a little bit longer, especially when it's not something super urgent or super severe, could have figured it out. Um, but just by default, you know, doctor's office pushed the test and ended up paying for it. Now, I'm really just talking about this and stressing this for the people that are new to the lifestyle, new to the disease or new to their disability, where they're dealing with this stuff on a regular basis. I know you guys are kind of focused on and stressed about everything else going on and kind of tying all these things together. You might not be thinking to ask these things. And if you have a more expensive disease or illness, the last thing that you want is to not be paying attention to these kind of things and then two months later get the bill for it and be a couple thousand dollars and have to figure out where to get that money from. So it's super, super important to have that open communication. If you go into multiple doctor's office, have that communication, set that expectation of, hey, you need to get the pre-approvals for these. You need to have a conversation with me if it's going to be something that costs out of pocket. If it's going to be out of pocket, are there extra programs that can help pay for it or assist me with it? If it's not, you know, how do I go about this? Because there's a lot of different options if you have that communication. If you don't set that expectation up ahead of time, then it can kind of lead to your doctor just assuming that it's not a big deal and you understand how your insurance bills things, which I know most people probably don't because it is a complicated thing. And unfortunately, out of all the wonderful things I learned in school, dealing with insurance and an insurance provider was not one of those life skills that I probably should have learned.
and that they don't teach you in school. So yeah, big thing, open communication. Um, it's kind of something I've just been focused on. Feel like I needed to let everybody know, especially people that are new. Ask the questions about it. Talk to your doctor about it. Communicate your expectations. Communicate your financial expectations. That way you're not hit with any surprises. Thank you guys for stopping by and listening to the podcast. I appreciate everyone. Make sure you guys stop and check out chronicliving.info. Got a new website up and running that's going to be the main area to find all the social media content as well as accounts. So make sure you guys stop by if anyone's looking to share their story, volunteer, either time or experience. There's also going to be some links on there of how you guys can get involved. As always, I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you in the next one.